Would you continue in a posture of prayer with me? Let's pray. Woe to me. I am ruined. For I am one of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. We are speechless, God, today in a bad way. The images of last week still fresh in our heads or perhaps rotting in our heads. The death of the five individuals from last week's coup attempt and insurrection are only the tip of the iceberg on top of the almost 4,000 other Americans who lost their lives that day from COVID-19. And God, perhaps an iceberg is an appropriate analogy as we think about the, the pride that was, uh, that ship was talked about, that they said God could not sink. And here we are in this country that has always bragged to be a nation under God. And now here we are under attack by itself. As citizens and residents of the United States, it was appalling to see the center of our nation ravaged and invaded. As citizens of heaven, it was appalling to see the racism, the hatred and the injustice displayed. In comparison to the black lives and racial injustice protests of the summer, and to see such anti-Semitic and violent symbolism being carried next to banners bearing your name. It was another clear window into the perversion and hijacking of our faith that happens too often in this land. And we were able to see even more clearly than before that Christian nationalism runs strongly in our veins as a country and in the American church. But Lord, just as Isaiah confessed centuries ago, we cry, woe is me, I am ruined. Woe are we, we are ruined. It is our lips that are unclean, for we live among a people of unclean lips. And we confess on behalf of our nation, our whole nation, the good and the bad parts, the loving and the hating people of our nation. We confess on behalf of the church, the whole American church, the good and the bad parts the righteous and the unrighteous members of the body. Lord, have mercy on us. This morning, I pray for shame to come upon the land. And not a bad shame, but a healthy shame. A shame that many of our cultures have taught us that instills in us a sense of solidarity with the people in our nation, that all of our humanity is shared that both good and evil are carried by the collective society. I pray that shame would humble us. I pray that shame would transform us. And I pray that shame would lead us to you. I pray for the eyes of the church to be opened in humility, to see how we have often been the vehicle for nationalism, racism, and evil to travel so far and so deep into our culture. We desire repentance, Lord so that we might turn to you. But I also pray that you would choose the church again. For as we are awakened more to the reality of our culture, we are awakened to the work that is set before us. The opportunity to shine your light in the darkness, to be your light in the darkness, 
We are sinful, yes, but we are also yours, O Lord. And so we pray, reclaim us as we reclaim the cleansing power of the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we thought 2020 was bad. What a crazy week. And for Native Angelinos, I know Tommy Lasorda's passing this week didn't help at all. Now, normally we reserve our Zoom services for the first week of the month, but the pastors just felt like we needed to be together in real time this week. And just in case any other curveballs were thrown our way, this way we could respond on the fly. But I'm just glad that you're here with us. And a big welcome to everyone watching on the live stream. This is a time when it's good to be together. I'm exhausted from such an emotional week, if you know what I mean. I mean, it's a new experience for me, but who knew how much watching a coup attempt in your country could be so draining? For me, the emotions sort of come and go with the tide. One day I'm angry, another day I'm sad, the next day I'm fearful and anxious. There's all these different emotions sort of like the stages of grief, which might be what we're all feeling. Or maybe it's traumatic shock. But I mean, nobody was surprised that this happened, right? We've watched these storm clouds roll in for years now. But the downpour is still shocking. And can you believe it? We, we had an insurrection in this country on a day on a day with close to 4,000 people that died of COVID, something happened in this nation that was more disturbing to us as Americans. More shocking than 4,000 people dying. Now, for those of you who come and join us from other countries where unrest may be a reality for you, you might be lacking, laughing at us uh, sheltered Americans that maybe we're soft and spoiled and experienced compared to the rest of the world. But that's the thing, see, we. We're not experienced with this sort of event on our own soil before. And so it's, it's really traumatic. I'm reminded of Psalm 46, which we've talked about in this past year, a couple of times. In verse six, there's this line. It says the nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. That line is too real for us this week. And the whole song, the whole song captures what a lot of us felt. It talks about the earth giving way, about the mountains falling into the heart of the sea, waters that roar and foam. And what that imagery describes is the sense of everything that brings us security and safety when it begins to be unstable and unreliable. And for many Americans, like me, we've taken that security in our nation for granted. And it feels kind of scary when you can't trust that the country won't descend into mayhem at any moment. But I think what was more concerning was the sense of 
a sense of darkness that was at this event. Many of us recognize the systemic racism that was present as we compared this insurrection to the Black Lives Matter protests of last summer. The way they treated this group of mostly white people was clearly different. But there was a different kind of spirit leading this event. And I'm not talking about our president. I mean, he incited this, but, but he wasn't leading it. He merely let something loose. He legitimized something that was already here. And it was something spiritual, but it was not of God. It wasn't like these little racist microaggressions or implicit biases or anything sort of subtle. It was, it was more overt than that that came out. You see, there was a power behind this insurrection, fueling it and guiding it. And it feels like we're up against, what we're up against is, is sort of way past our pay grade, you know? That this maybe is what Paul was talking about when he talked about the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces that we might encounter when he talks about this in Ephesians chapter 6. It's, it just felt like there's these massive dark forces that seem to be at play. And we might be asking, where's God in all of this? Well, the book of Esther happens to be a very relevant text for our current situation. And if you're familiar with the narrative, the country's ruler, Xerxes, because of his weakness and insecurity, has signed this executive order that threatens the entire existence of the Jewish people in the Persian Empire. And there's this decree that he puts out in the kingdom to exterminate all the Jews of the land. Now, Esther, a Jew herself, through a series of events, has become the current queen of Persia. But even though she has the title of queen, in some ways she finds herself to be merely the king's personal subject. She has access to luxury, but not access to power. Now Esther's uncle Mordecai catches wind of the evil decree, and he pleads with Esther to go to the king to try to stop this impending genocide. But she realizes that even as queen, her influence is severely limited. You see, the last queen was stripped of her title and banished, possibly even killed. And Esther knows if she even approaches the king for a request, she'll probably be executed. Esther faces these overwhelming obstacles, and she is completely ill-equipped for this. See, she's just as much, as much in danger as anyone else. And as Esther tries to convince Mordecai that this is a bad idea to go to the king, her uncle says this. Who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And what he's suggesting is that Esther's path to this point might converge at this sort of divine intersection. That maybe everything that led her here is going to actually now serve a purpose. And this extremely risky and horrible situation actually becomes a moment of calling for Esther, where God gives Esther the opportunity to put her faith in him and be used for something great. Now, Mordecai's words to Esther remind us that we're not called out of these moments that we encounter. 
God actually calls us into them. And when he does, he is faithful and prepares us for the task ahead. And I think that's what God wants us to know this morning. That as God's people, we are called into this moment. And that he has prepared us for such a time as this. As I reflect on the journey we've had this past year, I, th I think it must be true. We have been talking about, as a church, we've been talking about grief, racism, politics, power, division, all the things that we are faced with in this instant. And if you recall, we even had a fall sermon series called When Darkness Reigns on the temptations that we might face as we confront unrest. And I know at the time, because nothing major was happening, it may have seemed irrelevant, but that series was crafted for this specific circumstance. And now at the start of 2021, we find ourselves in the book of Esther, and I have a hunch that this too is going to prove to be prophetic for us. All this to say that maybe God has been preparing us for such a time as this. And that even in this really horrible moment in American history, there's an invitation from God to enter in and discover his calling for us. At this time, I want to invite Pastor Ryan up as he leads us in a prayer for refinement. Uh, this morning, I want to invite you into a prayer that I've written. Uh, that is my prayer. That is a growing and changing and transforming prayer as I've been processing my own emotions and my own response. Uh, so I invite you to pray with me. God, we admit our guilt and our shame. We acknowledge our responsibility. We seek newness and you. And we ask that you refine us by taking away and building up something new. We feel the discomfort of change that is necessary to take place within us and as a community. God, take away our concepts of you and how you work that embolden white supremacy and Christian nationalism. Take away any rhetoric from us that seeks to harm others. God, build up in us integrity to love as you have. Guide us on the path towards love and care for ourselves and others. God, help us to envision a new humanity. Help us to find a praxis that, so that we may see glimpses of your kingdom here and now. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.